right, everybody, welcome back to the Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards podcast. You've got me, Lane. You've got Jordan. Hello. We've been off for a, a brief Thanksgiving hiatus, but we're back now. It's December 1st. The stockings have been hung over the mantles, and it's time to start talking some sports again. The elves on the shelves are in full effect. They are. Ours is, ours is in quarantine, so... I've seen it. I that I can appreciate it. Our uh, our niece this morning FaceTimed Kendra with an elf in the shelf that was in the bathroom, and it they put little uh, little chocolate chips in the toilet to make it look like elf poop. And, nice. And I thought somebody had sent me a picture of my niece's poop. So <laughs> that would be on brand, you know. It's twenty twenty. <laughs> we thought it was. So, we thought the quarantine was a good way to buy ourselves fourteen days of not having to come up with creative ideas. I like it. I, I think it's a good idea. <laughs> that shit can get hard after a while. Yeah. Do it I, for 20 plus days. It's like you get into there like two weeks in and you're like, damn, what are we going to do now? <laughs> exactly, man. That's why That's why I just tell you, man, Basset Hounds, they're easier. Man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so before we get too far off course on that side of things, um, again, like I said, thank you guys for listening to us. If you have not yet. Follow us, like us, share us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, if you also have not, give us five stars on your favorite podcasting streaming site. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, with that, it gets us better algorithms, gets our names out there a little bit better, so we can either delight or hurt more people's ears. It depends on who you're asking. And either way, we don't care. Just listen. Exactly. Bingo. Yeah. We just want you to listen. Yeah. We just want you to bring some joy, a good hour into your week. You can tell us that you dislike week. us. That's fine. As long yeah, as it you doesn't listen. break our heart. As long as you listen. Um, and then also wanted to say thank you for the Watershed Voice for allowing us to be partnered with them. Uh, I believe right now for Watershed Voice for supporting local, I think it's every subscription you buy, you're entered in for a $25 gift card at Lowry's Bookstore in downtown Three Rivers. Nice. So that's a pr- pretty sweet deal. Uh, I think you can get Watershed Voice is low as six and a half bucks a month. So that's it's pretty affordable. Like I like to say, it's a d- couple double cheeseburgers and a Coke from McDonald's. And as a fat guy, I would know that. And I can prove that's true. So. <laughs> I approve this message. I approve this message. Amen. Uh, so before we really dive deep into everything, uh, we're going to talk some college basketball here that's just tipped off. So Jordan's going to touch on Michigan, Michigan State basketball. Uh, we're going to hit on some uh, COVID news for the Big Ten. If, when, maybe the season might finish up. Then we're going to do our college football recaps. A great weekend for Michigan State football and not a good weekend for Michigan football. Wait, Michigan played? They did? I don't remember that. Oh. I must have been asleep. Must have been asleep. It's okay. I would. I, I probably would have slept too. Um, and then we're gonna preview the upcoming week. We got Ohio State rolling into East Lansing and uh, Maryland against Michigan. If everything continues to hold tr- tried and true, we're gonna do a little bit of pick 'em. Then we're gonna talk about the Lions. If you haven't listened to the emergency podcast episode I made, definitely do that. We're gonna break down Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn being fired who kind of we think the top three candidates are to replace them. Uh, same with the GMs. Uh, maybe lay out a dark horse. What we think what should happen the rest of the season. 
And uh, we're going to close this puppy down. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to you, Jordan, to go over some uh, college basketball. Yeah, so like Lane mentioned, the college basketball season is, uh, I wouldn't say in full swing. But by the time you listen to this, I think we can officially call it in full swing because the Champions Classic is tonight. Full disclosure, we record on Tuesdays. So the the premier headliner games of the Champions Classic are tipping off here in about an hour and a half-ish. So uh, that, to me, has always been the signif- signification of like the beginning of the college basketball season. But uh, just to look back at what's happened so far, both Michigan and Michigan State have played a few games. Uh, both teams are still undefeated. Both teams have done so in different fashions. Uh, let's start with the Wolverines because they've got a little bit more to talk about with Michigan State. So we'll hit on Michigan quickly and then talk more about Michigan State here for a minute. So the Wolverines, uh, 2-0 wins over Oakland and Bowling Green. Uh, Bowling Green, 96-82 in a game that – was really never really in doubt the Michigan really handled a pretty good Bowling Green team from the tip. Uh, but the most recent game and the game that's hot on everybody's topic was Sunday against Oakland. They win 81-71, but it took overtime to do it. And this is a winless Oakland Grizzlies team that has dealt with a plethora of COVID issues that had been blown out by everybody they've played. I mean, their results... Then the three games previous were 101-49, 80-53, and 74-60. So no games against anybody that was even close, and Michigan had to beat them in overtime. Uh, to me, the big takeaway of this is you have a, a pretty experienced Michigan team, but they're new together. And unlike a football season, a basketball season, you can, you're going to take lumps early. And a game like this is a, is a good character-building game, and it's a good game to find out what kind of grit your team has. And a couple of true freshmen really stepped up big, and, and Hunter Dickinson and Terrence Williams, they really uh, they really took the game over for Michigan in the last five, six minutes of regulation and then the overtime to pull away. So that's good to see. Good to see your young guys step up make plays, and I will be curious to see how they look tomorrow. You, by the time you hear this, they may have also played because they play Wednesday at 7 o'clock against Ball State. Uh, I'd like to see them look a little bit more confident and a little bit more, uh, um, a little bit more convincing victory. And they also play Sunday versus UCF. But let's jump over to Michigan State because that's the hot topic right now. Also, two and zero wins over Notre Dame and Eastern Michigan. Uh, Eastern Michigan, we won't even really talk about that. That's they're kind of a dumpster fire right now for basketball, and it was a blowout, eighty three sixty seven. Uh, Notre Dame, 80-70 was the final. Uh, that score is a little misleading. Uh, Michigan State really controlled that game, but Notre Dame got a hot little run towards the end to, to pull it, at least make it look closer than what it was. Um, really, it, it, Michigan State's interesting right now because they're playing a lot of different pieces. They're trying to figure out from what I hear and what I read and just what, I've, what little bit I have watched because I haven't got full eyes on a game. They're really trying to figure out a rotation and a lineup because they have a lot of pieces, a lot of different pieces, and a lot of pieces that don't necessarily always fit together. You got guys like Foster Lawyer and Joey Hauser and Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry and Malik Hall and all these guys. And how do you fit them all together? And I think that's really what Tom Izzo's been doing is trying to plug in place and figure out, okay, what are my lineups? What can I do? What works? What doesn't work? And what's my go-to? 
Um, in that Notre Dame game, I think you saw a little bit of that. You saw a little bit more Rocket Watch. You saw what Joey Hauser can be. Marcus Bingham has really looked good on the defensive end so far, which for Michigan State fans, that's great news. You really want to hear that Marcus Bingham is showing out a little bit because he's always been kind of a project. Uh, but the big game for them is tonight, 7.30. They go to Duke. Now, obviously, no fans, so Cameron Indoor is not going to be what it normally would be, but it's still Duke on the road. It's a top 10 matchup, and actually, I don't know what the APs are. It might even be a top five matchup. They're both pretty close to that. See, I'm looking at it right now, and it's eight, eight and six. six. Top 10 matchup. It's going to be a good one. Duke is not the Duke of normal where they have that one to two guys that are like the top five picks in the draft, but they do have a couple studs that will be borderline lottery picks. And then again, and then it's just Duke. I mean, they're always good. They bring in recruiting classes like crazy. So this will be a good game. It's going to be interesting to see how Michigan state plays it because Duke pretty much knows who they are and what they have and what players they are going to trot out there. And like I just said, Michigan state seemed like they've been trying to like plug in place and figure out exactly who they want to be and where they want to be. With it, So I'll be interested to watch this game tonight and see kind of what Tom Mizzo does as a go-to lineup. Uh, I think you see a lot more Rocket Watts and a lot less Foster Lawyer. Um, but I'm really curious to see what they do with, like, with Marcus Bingham, if he can continue to impact the game defensively and basically if he can even stay on the court. Because if he can, Duke doesn't really have that big physical presence that they normally have, and he could be a difference maker in this game. So be a big one tonight. And like I said, by the time you listen to this, it's probably it will be over already. But um, it's a big game. It's going to tell a lot about this team early on. And obviously, we know Michigan State's teams never peak this early in the year. They always take lumps. So this could be a game where they go get blown out and they learn a lot about themselves and come back and still win the conference. I mean, that's a lot of Michigan State does that a lot. It's under Tom Izzo. So I'll be curious to see what this team does and what they put on the court for this game because obviously their toughest test so far this year and really their toughest test for a while until I guess next week they have Virginia. So, I mean, toughest test that they've seen so far for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know I'm going to ask the question. I know we just started. Who's your pick this year? If you could take money to win to the bank. basketball, ooh, yeah, in the conference, or are you talking about the whole thing? Let's go easier right now. Let's go. Conference. I like Illinois' levels of scoring with Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn. I think, and then that, um, gosh dang it, I'm gonna forget his name. Adam Miller, I think, is his name. True freshman. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. You never count Michigan State out. But in my mind, and I know they can't play defense, I just don't know how anybody's going to slow Luka Garza down. I mean, Iowa's going to score 90 points a game. I mean, they can't mm-hmm. play a lick of defense, but they can score it in bunches. So I, I think right now I take Iowa, but I would say Illinois, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Michigan would be the teams chasing them, maybe in that order. But I, I like I – Okay. I just think Luca Gar. I in these situations, I take the best player, and I think Luca Garza is far and away the best player. So, all right, I, I can respect I, but it. But if any of those it. five teams won the conference, I would not be surprised at all. The top end, the top okay. end of the conference well, is going to be extremely good this year. All right, you've heard it here first. Jordan's picks. Take the Hawkeyes. All and if I'm throwing, if I'm throwing out just like a sport, uh, just a gut shot feel for a national title, I'll take Gonzaga. Okay. Okay. I like it. 
I like it. All right. So you also heard that here first. Iowa, Gonzaga. Keep your eyes on them. <laughs> All right. So then the next topic of the news um, is COVID really just wreaking havoc on the Big yeah. Ten right now. Under, understatement there. Um, yeah, understatement. I, I think it's been – there's been at least, what, yeah. one game a week that's been a can- yep. cancellation? First, two last week. Am I correct? Two last mm-hmm. week. Already won this week with one, two, potentially three more in jeopardy. So, yeah. So, I mean, and and if you haven't followed along, according to the to the rules for this COVID season, is if Ohio State gets one more cancellation between the game against Michigan State this weekend and Michigan next weekend, they are um, they're out of the Big Ten title game, which. At the beginning of all this, everybody had them penciled in as a national title playoff favorite. So I guess that would create one heck of a conundrum. Yeah, and I heard this on a different podcast that I listened to, and it was really interesting. Could you imagine a situation where, let's say things stay chalk is what we're seeing right now, and the Ohio State game does get canceled this weekend, and they are effectively eliminated from the Big Ten title game. So you have an Indiana Northwestern with if things went chalk, Big Ten title game, with Ohio State and Wisconsin playing on that championship week, in a game that, in all intents and purposes, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't count. count for anything. But then Ohio State then gets in the playoff because of that win against yeah. Wisconsin. I mean, that's a situation that in all with everything else that's shaking up in the country with the playoff, that's possible. Mm-hmm. And nauseating at the same time. If And if I'm a Texas A&M Cincinnati Bearcat fan right now, I'd be pissed. Yeah, BYU, happened. same boat. I mean, these teams that mm-hmm. have played a ton of games and got them in and got their kept their shit in line. I mean, Ohio State is nobody to blame for this but themselves because obviously there's mm-hmm. players within that program that are not following the protocol. I mean, all their mm-hmm. teams in the conference have gone this entire time completely clean, and now and we've seen clearly there's something going on there that they're not they're not staying in line. So, mm-hmm. which is ironic because they're the ones that were pushing so hard they had for the national season. title shot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. It, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be an interesting couple weeks. Um, First of all, you just hope the Adams sure, absolutely. Um, but if it doesn't happen, it's going to make a mess of things, and I think there's going to be a lot of unhappy. Fans oh God, out you there thought he was crying because the season got canceled. Just imagine mm-hmm. if this happened. Oh my God, the protests that will be happening. The sky is falling. <laughs> I'm here. The sky for is it, falling. I, I could do some Buckeye tears on Twitter. That would be great. Oh, I, I, it's kind of like that Cartman with Scott Teneman <laughs> licking the tears, saying it's, it's delicious, yeah, sweet tears. Exactly. We'll see. I mean, this next two weeks is going to tell yeah. a lot about the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I personally would love to see Ohio State East and Michigan State happen this weekend because Mel Tucker's played up to talent this year, but I don't know. We'll see. So with that, Jordan, I, do you have anything else, or do you want to uh, take a quick break here and uh, roll into our Michigan State, Michigan recap? Can we skip the Michigan recap and just do pick them? 
right. Well, we'll maybe. About it. Maybe. Maybe. All right. We'll be back here in a couple minutes. First, we will, to the victors, go to the spoils. So Lane's going to go over Michigan State's victory over the Big Ten West leading, well, Big Ten West champions, actually, officially now with the cancellation. Yeah. They have mathematically closed it out. Big Ten West champion, Northwestern Wildcats. So Lane, can, why don't you fire away? Can I just start off and say I don't know what the hell this Michigan State team is? Well, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Well, that's how I'm going to start. I don't know what the hell this Michigan State team is. I don't think um, this Michigan State team knows what this Michigan State team is. <laughs> no, they don't. And you know what? I, I definitely, I think, if you don't know, the score was 29-20. Uh, in all reality, it was 23-20 um, to end the game against Northwestern. But it's interesting because you, you see this Mel Tucker team, and you almost you saw last week's effort against Northwestern. Granted, offensively, it was not a pretty game. At all. But what was pretty was defensively. Um, we started to see that old Michigan State-style defense was just punch you in the mouth and not let you throw the ball. And that's, and that's what happened. Uh, Shakira Brown had his fifth interception this season, uh, which puts him now tied for the lead in the whole NCAA, uh, which he's had four in the last two games. Um, and you just look over this game, and you, you have to wonder if that week off, that week cancellation of the Maryland game, really gave them the rest and gave them just a little bit more time to prep. Um, I think it's 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 definitely encouraging to see the two games that Mel Tucker has won for Michigan State has been going on the road to Ann Arbor and upsetting Michigan, which now doesn't look as much of an upset. <laughs> <laughs> And then being at home and upsetting the bane of our existence in the Northwestern Wildcats. So, overall, I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into it. I mean, Rocky Lombardi, I still don't think is the answer. Um, but if he can keep winning us ball games, and if he can win games for us on with his legs, then let's do it. I mean, Connor Hayward had 24 carries for 96 yards. Jalen Naylor, three receptions, 99 yards, one touchdown. The bulk of that was a first uh, quarter touchdown for 75 yards. Um, so I think going into this Ohio State game this week, I'm not overly optimistic um, just because it's Ohio State and they've steamrolled everybody. But if Michigan State can play up to the level that they've, they've been playing to against better teams, then I think it's going to be an interesting game. Do I think they'll beat Ohio State? No. But do I think they could make it a game if they come prepared and hyped? And if they wear those neon jerseys, I'm just saying, just wear those now from the time being. God, those things are hideous, though. Oh, man, I love them. Oh, my God, I love them. Oh, I think oh. they're hideous. You're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me. Maybe it's because I'm a Michigan fan, but I just think they're hideous. Yeah, I say, I, I, it, it's got to be it. It's got to be it. But, no, I think overall I'm, I'm – I'm eagerly, I'm overly optimistic about the future of this team and the future of what Mel Tucker is going to do. If we can continue to play up to the standards of some of these bigger programs who are doing better, and granted, Northwestern's not a bigger program, 
But if they can continue to do that and play to a better team and beat them, then great. But I just hope what you don't see is a lull come and then they get absolutely steamrolled next week because they spent it all against Northwestern. So, um, I don't know, Jordan, do you have any thoughts on it? Or No, I thought it was like extremely ironic that in Michigan State's prime years, Northwestern was always the one that got them. And mm-hmm. now in a year where Northwestern's the team, Michigan State is down, Michigan State got them. It's just like karma came back to get them full circle. I like karma. Sometimes. She can be an evil bitch. She can be. Oh! Yeah. There all right, man. Let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about your Michigan Wolverines. Do I have to? I thought we were skipping well, this part. Well, you don't have to if you don't want I to. Will. So we're not going to dive too much into the game itself because, I mean, everybody's seen it. It's the same old story. Nothing changes with this team. Injuries continue to pile up. Now it's sounding like Cade McNamara might be out for the year. Something with his shoulder. I mean, anybody that watched the game, you could tell that he was he was hurting. One thing you can say is that kid's a gamer. He went in and got a cortisone shot at half and came back out and played. I mean, but it was blatantly obvious that his shoulder was jacked up because he couldn't throw the ball down the field. Um, and then when Joe Milton came in, it was the same thing that we've seen from Joe Milton all year. I mean, one – he. In three throws on one drive, it was the epitome of what Joe Milton's has been. He threw one absolute laser dime to the sideline that was like, wow, that was a rocket. The very next pass on the very same play, he threw it five yards over the guy's head. And then the next pass he made, he turfed it six yards in front of the receiver. So it's the same old song and dance. Um, this team's not good. Um. There are some bright spots. I mean, some good young offensive lineman, Carson Barnhart, is getting a lot of good praises at left tackle with the injuries. Uh, true freshman Zach Zinner at guard has been getting praise. Uh, Hassan Haskins at running back has looked good at being able to, if nothing more, fall forward and get tough yards. Um, and then some young wide receivers that you still see drops. Mike Samer still dropping them off punt. I mean, just just young mistakes that you hope wouldn't happen. But it's obvious that there's there's still some growing and some learning that needs to happen there. And the defense, I think, at my last count was twenty five missed tackles. Ooh. I mean, it, it was disgusting to watch a fourth string. Penn State running back just shred this defense. And Sean Clifford, who I might be able to outrun in a 40, just galloping down the field like it was nothing. It's it's embarrassing. Um, I understand that Jim Harbaugh is the way he is, and he's not going to fire somebody midseason. But when Ohio State puts 80 on us in two weeks – there's no excuse that Don Brown makes it back to Ann Arbor after that game. It's it's over. It's done. There, he's had more than enough chances, and it's not getting any better. Um, poor tackling to me comes down to coaching because that's technique and that's teaching, and that was the most disgusting display of tackling I've ever seen in my time as a Michigan fan. That game shouldn't have been close. But because Michigan was 
incapable of tackling somebody repeatedly, Penn State walked away with it. I honestly think Michigan should have won that game, but they just couldn't tackle. Now, obviously, the offense has got to put more points up. We all know that. It's just I don't even know with this team anymore. I don't know what they are. I don't know where they go. I don't know what I don't know what I want anymore. You know, I got asked, you know, I've been kind of last time we were on here, I was the optimist with Harbaugh. And after that performance, when there was just no heart and then listening to his press conference and it's just the most Matt Patricia press conference I've ever heard in my life. Like it was kind of sad to listen to. There's just Jim doesn't he's not that quirky Jim Harbaugh. He's not that guy that we saw in San Francisco that shook Jim Schwartz's hand and kind of shoved him afterwards. Like that guy's just not there. And if you no. don't have that fire, then you can't be coaching in the college ranks. Maybe it's time for Jim to go back to the NFL. You know, and I and I agree with you. I think I think Michigan is at very much a point right now where we for Michigan State were at last year with Mark D'Antonio. Um, I think you're in danger of potentially losing the locker room um, because, like you said, there is that energy isn't there anymore. Um, it's just very much going through the motions, and if you you do become a Matt Patricia esque presser, and it's just oh yeah, I just got to coach better, and then it's I mean what? There's no motivation. That's exactly what his press conference was too. I mean, it was just, you know, we mm-hmm. got to trust the process. We got to trust the process. It's just like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, that process ain't working. Now, the, right. one, the and, one defense I will give, the the difference between what was with Michigan State last year is the cupboard isn't bare in talent. And right. Mark D'Antonio did, did, uh, did Michigan State no favors with the recruiting aspect. And just he left that program in shambles with talent. Mm-hmm. The Michigan program is not in that same way with talent. There's talent on this roster. There are good recruiting classes on this roster. I think it's just um, – and it's, it's ironic that I'm bringing this up because of the name, but look at what Iowa State's Brees Hall said after they beat Texas. Texas got all the five-star talent in the world down there. But Brees Hall's comments were five-star culture just beat five-star talent. And, I mean, that goes up to Matt Campbell and Iowa State. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's breeding a culture there that they believe they can beat anybody anytime they step on the field, and it shows. They're going to be in the Big 12 title game. They probably play Oklahoma again. And Matt Campbell's going to get a big-time job somewhere, whether it is at Michigan, whether it's at Texas, or whether it's a job in the SEC somewhere. He's going to get it. I like it. No, I agree. I agree. I think – Matt Campbell is everything you want to coach. I mean, let's face it, it's Iowa State who – it's Iowa State. We don't have to Yeah, say it's not exactly a juggernaut for college program, football. But... Right. So it's it, it's interesting, and it's, it's unfortunate because when you have – like we've said a lot in this podcast, is when you have a Michigan State that's down, and then you have Michigan down, and then you just have Ohio State stampeding through people, and then you add in Penn State being really bad. It just makes Big Ten football kind yeah, of Yeah, there's not a whole lot of excitement every week. No, it's pretty not bad at all. The excitement is but, can Rutgers really get to four wins? 
That is bad. Look at, look, look at <laughs> that it. They, they got Penn State this week and Maryland next week. And they could be could. sitting at four and four. It's not unrealistic. It just adds to the wildness yeah. of 2020. And if that happens, then Greg Schiano should get coach of the year. In the country, not I would the Big agree. Ten. All right. I agree. I don't, no, I, I don't want to I I linger on this anymore. It's making me mad thinking about it. So All should right, we roll we'll right into our pick segment here? Or? Yeah, let's roll okay. into it. So quick little recap. Uh, the only good thing going on for me this year in football is that I have a massive lead in our pickums, 25 and 11 for your boy. And Lane currently sits at 19-17. So with only two weeks left and then the championship week, six-game spread here, you got a lot of making up to do. You don't think you don't have faith? No faith. Well, we'll see. There's there's a couple games on here I think could be swing games. We'll see what you come up with. So we'll start it out with the first game on our list, Saturday at noon, Ohio State at Michigan State. This is assuming this game gets played. As I said, as of right now, things are trending in the right direction with this game. You kind of talked about it a little bit ago that, you know, they, they play up. I'm taking the Buckeyes. Do you think the Spartans have the fight to pull off the upset, or do you think they just keep it respectable, or what? What's your thought? Uh, no, uh, there's there's one man on the field that is not on the field for Michigan State, and that's Justin Fields. Um, see how I played with the words there? Do you like that? Um, no, I I just there's too much talent for Ohio State, too much speed and space. I I've got Ohio State. I don't have them big. Um, I do think Michigan State does put up a good fight, but I see them pulling away maybe a couple minutes left in the third, and then it's the, just coast sure. in the fourth. So I'm going to take Ohio okay. State for this. Uh, next noon game, Penn State at Rutgers. Uh, where are you? Where are you sitting with this one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go Rutgers. Okay. okay. Well, there's one shot for you to be different, but I also am taking the Scarlet Knights. I am just Damn buying, it, Jordan. I'm buying what Shiano's selling right now. You know, these guys are playing hard. They're fighting in every game. I think Penn State, I mean, yeah, they congratulations, you beat Michigan, but everybody's doing that these days. So I, I just like it. I like what Rutgers is doing. Our next so our next noon I game, do too. Nebraska at Purdue. Uh, Purdue's kind of been the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Nebraska, I just I don't even I can't get a read on them. They, one week they look good, one week you, they look like dog crap. Do you think Scott Frost? No, not this year. I think if this if it doesn't look better next year, then it definitely will start talking. But I got yeah, Purdue I here, and I don't like it. But I, I got Purdue in a close one. You see, this is where we're going to be different. I'm taking the Oscars. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't like it, but for some reason I feel better about Purdue. I can understand that. I don't. I just got to start making up some ground, so I just got to start throwing something. Well, see. Saturday, three thirty, Indiana at Wisconsin. The big news here is Michael Penix. We talked about it at the beginning of this year in our preview cast that if he could stay healthy, this team could be good. And they're you know they've had a great year. Well. It was announced, torn ACL, he's out for the year. So now you come and transfer 
backup quarterback, Jack Tuttle. Um, this was going to be a hell of a game with Penix. I just think without him, Wisconsin defense is too smothering. I'll take the Badgers. Yeah, I'll say I take – I'm going to think take like Wisconsin something like 27. Yeah, I just don't know if Iowa's going to be like – or Indiana's going to be able to move the ball enough on against that defense without Penix. Speaking of Iowa, mm-hmm. also at 3.30, Iowa at Illinois. Hawkeyes been very Iowa this year, and I see this being another situation of being very Iowa and a boring-ass game to watch. I'll take the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking <laughs> Am I wrong that it's going to be boring? No, well, I will say, I'd rather watch paint. If Brandon right? Peter, with the games that Brandon Peters has played, excluding that Wisconsin game to start the year, they have looked much better with him at quarterback. So, we'll see. Uh, then the last game that is being played, at least as of right now, three thirty, Maryland at Michigan. Um, I guess give me your pick, and then I'll talk on it a little bit. Uh, you see, this one's tough because with Maryland being off last week because of COVID, you think, yeah, they got a week off, but they've also had a week off because of COVID. So I'm not exactly sure what that means for practicing all film. Maryland wasn't off last week. They played Indiana. Oh, Uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin and Ohio State only went off last week. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I had a brain fart. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to take Maryland. Um, I think at this point, I just don't have faith in this Michigan program. I, I just don't. I think Maryland has the weapons, and I think, I think personally, Don Brown and Jim Harbaugh can't get it out of their own way right now. And I think yeah, see that. Um, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it sounds like Cade McNamara is out, and we've seen what Joe Milton is. Um, now, granted, if we get Joe Milton from the Minnesota game, maybe – you see Maryland from the Northwestern game. But I just don't know that this defense can slow Maryland down enough. I mean, Maryland, Talia Tungavailoa has been putting up points against everybody except for Northwestern. So uh, this is nauseating to say, but I'm taking Maryland also. Um, I just wow. I have zero faith in this Michigan defense right now. I think if, if they can't score 40, they can't win. And I don't know if there's any way they score 40 with, with Joe Milton at quarterback. So I'm taking Maryland. Wow. Wow. I was hoping you were going to take Michigan. Yeah, well, I, I, make just, some I, I want to win the pick them more than I care right now about Michigan's feelings. So, yeah. <laughs> you so want we only have one belt. game different, the Purdue-Nebraska game. So I will maintain the lead. Just can you peck away and give Damn yourself it. a puncher's chance in the last two weeks, or does the lead grow? We sh- we shall see. It's probably going to grow. I don't have faith. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Maybe the whole season's going to get canceled. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, we're back again. The boys are back in town. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Lions. Um, I don't even think we're going to talk about the results for last week. I think that no, is not. unnecessary and not needed. Um, they suck. They lost. We know that. If you listen to Lane's emergency pod, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have both been fired in what is long overdue, and the mass exodus of former players came out in droves on the social media machine. <laughs> it's ugly. Holy crap, man. They got run through the ringer. Well, I guess Patricia did. I didn't really see a whole lot on Quinn, but 
what Darius Slay saying, yeah, it was me though, and Ashawn Robinson saying like, yo, know, he told me he was gonna take my career or something like that. Yeah, like, damn, <laughs> he went there. So I guess Lane, let's. We don't obviously we had the emergency pod, so if you haven't listened to that, why don't you stop this? Go listen to the emergency pod real quick. It's only like nine minutes long. Get what Lane discussed a little bit, and then we then come back and listen to what we have to say here, because this will be slightly different than what was touched on there. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, Lane, I guess why don't you go ahead and kick us off for us? What do you think? Where you're at? What's what's going on in your head over there? So I it was um, I mean it, I was a when this when he was first hired, I was one of them. I was like, yes, he's going to take us into the future. Him and Bob Quinn, they are. They are what we need, and I'm eating crow, and I can admit that I was wrong. Uh, I think, like I said, as you see more and more things come out, I think you're going to see that Matt Patricia was an absolutely god-awful coach, and maybe even a god-awful human being. It's not looking good for him right now. Um, You know, you... When you... I read a... I shared an MLive article on my personal account this weekend, and... um, reading it over like you you read about how matt patricia just creates an environment not out of like fun but fear um and that you which this was a theory that i had going into last season is that he's beaten the hell out of the players so bad when it comes time to game time they're either hurt or they're exhausted and i think that would make sense for some of these comebacks you've seen Sure. That there's just there's just nothing left in the tank. Um and I think as like I said, you're gonna just these oncoming weeks, you're just gonna see just a truly toxic environment that had been created by him. Uh the Patriot way. I never want to hear that statement ever again. Yeah, we need uh, to start calling it the damn Tom Brady way. Yeah, yeah, because the Patriots aren't doing anything either. Because Belichick I mean, don't look so damn hot when he don't have the goat under center. No, well, yeah, and Bruce Arians isn't using them right, so I uh, will, yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, but overall, you know, it, it was a much, very much needed uh, change. I feel like we all we've done now is basically accelerated a rebuild that was going to happen three years down the road, anyways. Um, I think you're going to see though with Daryl Bevel, he's he's very upbeat, he's very chill. Um, and they've already asked Matt Stafford, you know, does coaching matter? And he said something like, when it, when it matters who's coaching, it does, or, or something like that. So basically to the fact he, to that, I think Stafford was even tired of the bullshit. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's just showed in, the, in everybody's play on the field. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you don't, you don't want to play for a coach that, if you drop a pass, is going to absolutely belittle you in front of your teammates and friends on your, your meeting on Tuesday. Um, I don't, it's hard because like Kendra and I've had this discussion. I do like, as a man, we do with like sports, we do treat each other differently and we are a little more hard on each other, but the extent of like threatening people's careers and just some of the things that are said are just completely unnecessary. Um, and I think it, it was a much needed change now and then the other side of this is as you look at some of these god awful size contracts uh big v i mean right tackle who hasn't played at all this year has a huge tap or has a huge degree or not degree huge contract and 
is that just because we couldn't get anybody to sign with us? Right. So we're just throwing ungodly figures at people. So they're like, okay, I have to come here. Yeah, you can't say no to it. Yeah, and that and that's what makes you wonder. Um, I think Daryl Bevel leading the way. I think it's going to be a completely different team. I hope you do see the offense not run power eye and run eye formation on first and 10 and then second and 10. And then third and 10, we go to the, the old ways of going to a screen and then everybody knows it. I mean, I, I hope you don't see that, but at this point in the season, I, I don't see any other reason to win. I, I just don't. You're at, you're sitting at nine in the draft right now. Um, unfortunately you've wasted another year out of Stafford's career. His trade value isn't getting higher. It's only going to get lower. Um, it's just, it, like I said, we've accelerated a rebuild by right now that should be going down, should be happening in three years anyways. Um, that's not saying though, if we get the right coach in that we keep all the players we have and that can utilize the talent. Well, now, I mean, if, you see it all the time in the NFL teams go turn it around <laughs> quick. It's not like college where you have to build, you can go to free agency and Grab, mm-hmm. grab three or four guys, and it completely changes everything. I mean, well, and exactly, and I mean, and if you look at the defense, the the pieces are there. It's just it comes down to technique and play and health, and health. Um, you can't run man coverage seventy five percent of the time and then not rush the passer and expect to survive against Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, or somebody like that. You're just not. Like, they're too good of a quarterback to not do, like, to not get through that. Same with Deshaun Watson. We saw it this weekend. Like, just blown coverage. Will Fuller absolutely slaughtered this weekend, which now he's out for PEDs, ironically. Steroids. Um, so if you're an NFL player, don't have a big game or else you're getting right. tested. DK um, better look out. Tyreek Hill, run. <laughs> Hide. I need you. Run. <laughs> playoffs um no i just i think if you get the right coach in there i don't think you have to rebuild but i do think in this draft you do have to start thinking about the next year parent at quarterback so is this um, a situation where if you're close you try to move up for fields or lawrence or i think you're gonna i think there's gonna be too high of a asking price to be able to so where are you at then with trey lance or what's i'm torn on trey lance because you haven't seen him right. in a year Man, guys like um, Barton Simmons, the recruiting director, rave about this kid. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like all these recruiting guys, a lot of these scouts are like, oh, my God, this guy is this guy is yeah. it. But it's hard to say that when you haven't seen him sure, play sure. in a year. We'll get, we'll get, and we'll again, get to the draft in another day. We got a yeah. long way to go there. We got time. We got time. So with that being said, uh, with the right coaching candidates, I have named three names that I want. And then two dark horses that I think you could see. Um, And then I've just listed a few GM candidates that I thought that maybe could bring and usher and change this Lions team. Because I feel like Sheila Ford Hamp has done something that her mother and her dad refused to do. And that was to make change. Now, I've already caught flack on social media saying, well, they fired Mariucci after the Thanksgiving game. But that was 15 years ago. That's been a long time ago. How many coaches have? How many losing seasons have we gone through since right. then? I mean, it there's 
the willingness to make change isn't there. And I think with her, she's lived her entire life with it. She cares about the team. She wants to see the team succeed. And I think she's like any one of us. She's tired sure. of losing. So I guess what, what are your GM candidates? And then we'll, I got a list. I got six names that I wrote down here that I want to run by you and I want to get your, your thoughts on. So what are your GM candidates first before we get to your candidates? Okay. So as I alluded to on the emergency cast, um, there's a, a familiar name. There's a name that I think would bring excitement. And then there's another name who's proven that he can do the job. Um, the first name that is a familiar name, if you're familiar with ESPN, it's Lewis Reddick from ESPN, like I said. Uh, he's, been a, he's been a scout for multiple franchises, and he has a really good eye for talent. Um, and he's just, he's just really good relating to the players. Um, I think if you could get a GM like that in there and you could get the right coach, I think you could create an environment saying, hey, Matt Patricia went scorched earth come back and help us rebuild this franchise and let's win a title. Um, The next name, familiar name, is uh, which you're seeing a lot around Lions Faithful bringing this name up, is Rick Spielman, uh, former linebacker for the Detroit Lions. Herman Moore actually made a big video on it, like advocating for him. What better way to get somebody in Detroit that knows Detroit and can relate to the players best than Spielman? Um, I think if you do get a Rick Spielman, I do have a couple dark horse names on here that I do think would make sense. Okay. Well, let me um, let, let me get. I want to do my list of names first because I want to get. I want I want pure genuine reactions out of you with these. All right, and I've got okay. one more GM, and that's uh, Thomas Dimitrioff from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he was let go with Dan Quinn this year. Um, Dimitrioff built a winner in Atlanta. Um, his first year there, what's the playoffs? They only had three down years there his entire 12 years. Um, they had two down seasons and then turned around 2016, went to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan became a MVP. Um, he has an eye for talent and he has an eye for utilizing and getting, getting names. So I think if you want somebody who's used to the position, knows the position and can get you maybe to that next step, I think Dimitrioff is is a good candidate if you're not looking to go full scorched earth. I like the Lewis Riddick name. That was different. I like that. Yeah, I like Riddick. All right, I, I so really I got like. six names for coaches that I wrote down, and I want you, and we don't have to go into super detail on them right now. I'm sure that a couple of these will be on your list, and you can go a little more in detail on them then. But I just want you to give me a 1 to 10. If, if said person was hired tomorrow, what would your reaction be? One being, oh, hell no. And 10 being like, yes, absolutely, please, God, yes. Okay. Eric Bieniemy. Eight. I like it. Okay. Brad Sala. Sala. How do we say that? What's how it supposed to be? Uh, Sala. Brad Sala. 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 Excuse me. Um, seven. Tony Dungy. Five. Jim Harbaugh. Two. Bob Stoops. Two. Urban Meyer. Ooh. Eight. Okay. So you're high on Bienemy. You're you're pretty high on Salah. And the, the Urban Meyer one I was curious about because that's one that I've seen floated a little bit. And I saw it and I'm like, you know, I don't think he would, but why not? Mm-hmm. So I guess those are the six names that I threw out there that I think all of those actually have some weight. 
Now, I whether or not yeah. they're even like going to even be considered, I don't know, but I think they all have weight to them. So what yeah, are you, no, what are you at with a couple that you had? Maybe if you want to touch on a couple of other ones, maybe the Urban Meyer one. What do you think? Okay, so my three top candidates I have, and we've talked about them already once, and that is Joe Brady is my number one. Um, I like the youth. Um, I like seeing – I you see what he's done in Carolina uh, with Matt Rule. And if you go – Apples to apples, Carolina and Detroit are not that different offensively. The only areas that are different is you're much better at quarterback and you're not as good at running back. Because, I mean, Chris McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. But outside of that, our offensive line is better. You could argue that our receiving core is just as good and our tight end plays better. I think you could see him with the motion, the creative playmaking. I think you could see him really transform that Lions offense. But the key to that is also going to be getting a very good defensive coordinator. Because like we've already seen, it's a dumpster fire on defense right now. Um, Jeff Okuda has not looked deserving of the number three pick, but a lot of that is coaching. You can't expect a rookie to cover number ones for 15 seconds. You just can't. Um, Number two for me is Eric Bieniemy. Um, my only concern with that is, is it's not very often you can get have players like Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes fall into your lap. Sure. And then just say, and you have a guy him. named Andy Reid. And you have a guy named Andrew Reid. Now, don't get me wrong. Eric Bieniemy is a oh, one yeah. hell of a coach. I'm not trying I would to discredit. Be, I would be tickled just, pink. Yeah. yeah, I would be tickled pink if he ended up in Detroit. In January or February, because they'll probably be playing in the Super Bowl. But I would be extremely excited if he came here. But I do heed caution that the talent level is not there for Kansas City, and it might not work. Because you do have Stafford, who is getting older, and his arm is not nearly as strong as it used to be. So that's where kind of – I think he's the medium. If you're going to rebuild, you might be able to start thinking your quarterback of the future would be other be enemy. And then uh, Robert Slaw is, uh, is my three. I'm not, I'm not crazy about it because I don't, I don't think Detroit needs a defensive coach to be our head coach. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's Matt Patricia. Maybe it's Swartz. Just this left a real bad taste in my mouth. Um, and if I would love to do a side-by-side of defensive coaches against offensive coaches and records in the NFL, um, but he's somebody that does get the most out of his players. Um, and it just, on paper, it absolutely makes sense. He's from De- Dearborn. He went to Northern. He's from, he went to Michigan State for his master's. So, like, he's, he is a Michigan-born, bred, and raised guy. And what better way to relate to the community and maybe repair some relationships with the community? But well, so is Tony have. Dungy. Yeah, but I just, Tony Dungy worries me because... How much of Tony Dungy's success was Peyton Manning? That's fair. I mean, a, a, he had Marvin had Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark, Edron James. Like he had some really good players there. How much of that was the people? Well, yeah, but that you, he you had? could probably make that argument I, about every single coach. I mean, look at Belichick right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, you could absolutely. I mean, you could make that argument with anybody. Um, but I just I feel like right now you could attract some players 
if you get Salabi, Enemy, okay. or Joe Brady. Um, my dark horses is one of them is Urban Meyer. Do I think Urban Meyer comes to the NFL? No. But if he does, I don't think it's going to be the Detroit job. I think it's going to be Houston. Because hmm. um, I think Houston has that youth movement that would work well for him. I mean, and he, he knows he knows Deshaun Watson. Like, he knows what kind of player he is. He has, he has the talent that would fit an Urban Meyer-style yeah, sure. offense in the NFL. So I think if that, and it, supposedly he's looking at houses in the tech, like the Houston area, anyways. So, well, that's just but there's always closer to Bama when he's um, saving retires. It's true. Could be, could be, my friend. Not so fast. And then the uh, the last dark horse candidate I have is uh, Matt Campbell. Oh no, from way. Iowa State. Um, no way. You don't Absolutely think so? Absolutely not. That dude. That dude is a. Are you saying? Are you saying no way he is a college, college or are you saying no way that he succeed to the core? I see him as a lifetime college That's coach. Fair. Maybe not That's maybe in like when he's in his late fifties and early sixties, when he's like towards the back end of his career, maybe, but he's too, there's too much energy in that guy. He's a college bread coach. I just don't side that. Okay. That to okay. me, I don't see that at all. Okay. Could be way. I could be way off base. I just the only, and the reason I say Matt Campbell is because of that energy factor. You have Matt Patricia, who is very oh, vanilla. You don't say. And now you, bring, and then you have somebody like a Matt Campbell that comes in, who has a boatload of energy, who's jacked up, and he would be like a Jim Harbaugh was for San Francisco, maybe even a little more energy, more so along the lines of a Pete Carroll. Do I? Do I really have to I mean, explain? If you look at his NFL success, it's of the guys that you just list that we've talked about. Nobody holds a candle to what he's done. No, you're true. You know, you're you're 100 right. I just, I don't. In my opinion, I don't think oh, Jim no, Harbaugh wants to coach. True. I think he wants to coach. No, I think he's lost. The, I think he doesn't want to recruit anymore. I think he's burned out okay. on the recruiting side and how you have to – just like what happened with John Beeline. John Beeline got worn out of having to recruit his own players all the time. Like, you with transfers and everything. He has to recruit his players. When you're in the NFL, you don't have to do that. Jim, Jim Harbaugh can look at you and say, if it's you true. don't want to be here, kick rocks. The thing, the thing that just worries me, though, is with Jim Harbaugh, is you have – it's – I think it's hard to to buy into, at least as me as a fan, it's hard to buy into the thought of him being a coach here when you're seeing him get the brakes beat off. Yeah, but we all we, but we know that college especially right now, totally different games. Right, it, it's just it's hard. That's all I'm saying. It's hard. I just I don't like the Jim Harbaugh. Idea. I think I, I think don't. he's a candidate you um, strongly consider if you like the core you have and you think you're just missing a few key things. Because I think he's a okay. – what That's we've fair. said with him at Michigan, he's a calming force. He's somebody who can right the ship and make things go the right direction, and which is what he did at Michigan. He That's just fair. has trouble getting over the hump. But the NFL, you don't have that same – it's not that same struggle. I actually no, – I, I, I no, honestly I, think I appreciate that he's that. a top three candidate for the Lions job. Yes. If if really? he leaves Michigan, I think it's because he either retires or goes to the Lions. 
So who, if you could, if you had for the Lions, who would it be? Who I want them to hire, who I think they will. Give me who you want them. I, I I can tell you this: it ain't Joe Brady. As much as I respect what he's done, I don't think he's ready to take on a rebuild like what or anything like what the Lions are. I like the enemy idea approach. I I think it needs to be an offensive mind if you're gonna start fresh. If you're gonna get away from Stafford mm-hmm. and you're gonna draft your quarterback of the future, I want a enemy. I want a Lincoln Riley type to make the offense go. Get your quarterback like Cliff Kingsbury did with Kyler and take this offense and go if that's the route you want to go. If you think the core you have can get you at least close, then I would rather see a Tony Dungy, Jim Harbaugh type. I think I, I, okay. if, if, if it just depends okay. on what the organization feels they have. If you think you're close mm-hmm. and you're only you know, three or four pieces away, then I think a Tony Dungy, Jim Harbaugh type who can just take all these guys and say, hey, do it this way. And maybe it gets them there. Yeah. And, you know, we could be discussing this for not. And then Daryl Bevel comes in and rips off the next five games. That's a lame duck hire, in my opinion. I, I want – yeah, I, I want to win, but the next five games are not all. favorite in any of them. You, yeah, you, at this point, you have to. I mean, if you want to get your quarterback. Kenny Galladay better not play. DeAndre Swift better not play. These young guys, go rest. I think you'll see Kenny Galladay no up to. next week. No, there's no reason to. But they, but at the end of the day, they're athletes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I so gonna, I, you wouldn't be able to keep me off either. Though. But if I'm. Yeah, if but if you're Kenny Galladay That's and you're true, coming too. into a contract here, I wouldn't I wouldn't suit up either because you've seen too many players get yep. in their contract year. Um, so no, that's kind of where I'm at with the Lions. Um, by no shape or form would I be upset if we got any of these names. Um, I think the only one I would be bummed out about is is a Tony Dungy, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh. Um, I just I. I don't see it, but that's just me. I mean, I could go online right now, and there could be 10,000 Lions fans sure. cheering that hire. So uh, I, I do trust the process, to quote the 49ers. I, do, I don't necessarily trust Ron Wood, but I do trust Sheila. Um, she did, in her press conference after the firing, did seem pretty depressed and upset about it, that she was fed up to losing – and that two weeks ago when we had a shot of the playoffs, she was optimistic. And then we just get blown, the brakes beaten off of us two weeks in a row. And then there was just nothing. So I, it was the right move to make. I'm up. I'm optimistic to see where we go. Uh, on to Chicago this week with Matt Trish's in there. So maybe Mitch Trubisky will look like Mitch Trubisky this week. And he looks normal instead of Matt Patricia <laughs> making him look like Tom Brady. So, um. So yeah, I'm. I would wouldn't mind losing, but at the same time, I, I like winning as long as any of these hires can bring in a culture of change, much needed change, and enthusiasm for the product. I'm all in. And I mean, and even if that is Jim Harbaugh or Tony Dungy or somebody like that, and they do come in and they bring excitement, if you got if you got San Francisco Jim Harbaugh, I, I just want to win. People on the back, you take it. Oh, absolutely. Instead of Matt Patricia 
sharing Instagram posts and calling people out. Okay, I so. think we probably can wrap this up, don't you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I've exercised <laughs> my right, demons well, for the past few Again, weeks. as Lane mentioned at the top, if you have not already, please like, follow, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that cool stuff on whatever platform you're on, whatever you're listening to us on, whatever social media platform you're on, get on there, hit us up. Uh, and my number one advice to always do is tell a friend. Word of mouth is the strongest power we have. Tell somebody, hey, if you like sports, listen to this. That helps out more than anything, in my opinion. Um, thank you again to the Watershed Voice for partnering with us and helping us branch out a little bit. Uh, hopefully here in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to talk a little bit more high school sports. We'll see what, what happens with the Rona and with all that stuff. But for now, you get us for Lions and Michigan, Michigan State going forward. So, Lane, did you have anything else? Or should yeah. we shut the doors? Nope, uh, I'm with you. Thank you guys for listening to us. We'll uh, we'll be back next week and uh, yeah, hopefully a little more upbeat yeah. on some topics. Go so blue. With that, uh, go green. Stay safe.